excerpt from the July 4, 2022 broadcast on ESPN from Coney Island, New York, courtesy ESPN, a division of the Walt Disney Company and Hearst Communications, under fair use. We welcome you back to the 2022 Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest presented by Smirnoff. So if eating is the thing, then the talking about those doing the eating is the other thing. It is spectacular. It is mesmerizing. It is MC George Shea doing his thing. Folks, it is time. It is time. Are you ready to sip from the volcano? To ride the tornado? To make love to the dragon? Are you ready? True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal Sheets. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Scandal Sheet. My name is Thad Helsley, and as usual, I am joined by my co-host, Ellie. Hey, Thad. How's it going? I'm personally getting ready to celebrate the 4th of July, which now is the third big summer holiday. Yeah, I I think today's episode is going to be an excellent preview for that. Right, right. And as you just suggested, we do have a very special treat for our listeners today. In celebration of our nation's birthday, we're going to take a deep dive into an annual sporting event held every 4th of July, which has been called the most exciting 10 minutes in sports. And that is Nathan's famous international hot dog eating contest. That's right, Thad. And to help us with that, we're joined by not one, but two former judges of the contest. And here they are. We are joined by Handsome Rob from the Upper East Side. And we're also joined by Jason from Long Island. (laughs) Did I say that wrong? Is it like Long Island? (laughs) Uh, It was was actually very good. Uh, Long Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Okay. I stand corrected. Jason from Long Island. So welcome to both of you. And before we talk about your role as judges in the contest, for the newbies out there, we were hoping you could just sort of kind of back up a little. Tell us what the contest is about, what its history, background is, where it takes place, stuff like that. Either one of you or both of you. I will. By the way, in, in the in the talk up, you, ha- you didn't mention the fact that we are not only we were fellow judges, but also lifelong brothers. So there's, there's, there's that. Oh, connection. I didn't know that we could say that. So that's why I didn't put it in. But okay, so yes. you're brothers. Now you're giving yes. a clue to the, yes. to the, to the Twitter maniacs. Yes. Right. <laughs> have, have at it. So I will defer to, and again, in, in the course of this conversation, you'll hear me call him Face, because when we were younger, our dad used to call him JC Facey. And then I figured that as we got older, it was much more mature and, of course, sophisticated to just cut that down to face. So if anybody out there is like, is there a third person out there or is Rob just enamored with his own face? No. Well, yes. Well, but... I was going to say, uh, <laughs> he never met a mirror he didn't like, but yes. go ahead. <laughs> That's a long preamble of saying, I will turn that over to face to give you the history. Okay. Oh, yeah. So 
According to history, uh, the contest started in 1917 at the Nathan's Coney Island, Nathan's famous Coney Island, which is located in Brooklyn on the corner of Surf and Stillwell, uh, when I believe that hot dogs were still five cents each. Um, and So that's a restaurant or a deli, right? Well, uh, Nathan's... Uh, there was actually a couple of hot dog places, but Nathan Handworker, you know, Coney Island became a very popular destination and was offering, at the time, five cents a hot dog was probably, you know, the, the best and cheapest meal that you can get. So uh, it yeah. was primarily a hot dog place. And, and, and crazily enough, Nathan's in Coney Island the original still, they also serve frog's legs, if you can believe that. Uh, it's a Frog legs are on the menu. I've never had frog's legs, but uh, just an interesting fact. Yeah, we had frog's legs in the Midwest, and they were usually uh, uh, deep fried in batter, you know. So, yeah, we, I mean, you'd always see them at a, at a fair, at a yeah. county fair or something like that. Right. And I think that's really interesting because you think of, you know, like the hot dog as this like all American food, but you don't think of frog legs as an all American food. So maybe we should open up the conversation to serving frog legs at baseball games. Yeah, I, I have never had. Well, have has anybody ever had frog legs or tried frog legs? Well, guess what? They taste just like chicken. <laughs> they do. I actually had them as well. So anyway, so so then there's that, and then a hundred years later, uh, they got the they got the hot dog eating contest up okay. and going. And uh, just a brief history on how Face and I got involved. I I had a client at the time who, in addition to his day job, was also doing PR for the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. So knowing knowing of our New York roots. Uh, he had asked if I wanted to be a judge because at the time it was not that big a deal. And then I, of course, asked my brother if he wanted to join as well. And that's what got us into the into the whole thing. And there's a there's a very interesting story, which, of course, we'll get to from that first time that we did it to that last time that we did it. OK, is that you want to tell that story now or leave it for later? Well, I mean, I, I thought that we could talk about the the progression into what was what started as sort of I mean even though everybody knew about it across the country across the world face and I really were there as it grew and what really really led to its uh, exponential growth of being a quote-unquote big thing to a quote-unquote really big thing was when ESPN started airing it go and in one year we noticed the difference between being there and being right in front of the stage and turning around and seeing a nice group of people to turning around and literally you couldn't see there were, there were hundreds, if not thousands, right. I don't want to exaggerate uh, of, of people as far as the eye could see. And that yeah, was 40,000. Yeah. Yeah. 40,000 now on average. Oh, wow. And that's on the street. I mean, the contest starts at, I think high noon or, you know, people get there at eight o'clock in the morning. It, it really is just a, a sea of, you know, a sea of humanity. And it's just, it's really just a wonderful, real festive event. Oh. 
Well, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, um, so yeah, we'll go, we'll go back and kind of talk about that base, you know, that baseline. But so competitive eating as a sports category is a controversial and hotly debated matter. And it's not limited to hot dogs um, just on the 4th of July. It also comprises of like dozens of other items. And so from your perspective as former judges, is this a legitimate athletic event or is it a joke to to market it as an athletic event? Yeah, so when we first started, I took it as a joke. I mean, a bunch of overweight for lack of a better word, just, just slobs. And as the years went by and, you know, we've had conversations with these contestants and, you know, seeing it firsthand and learning more about it, it is, it is a sport. I'm, 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 (laughs) I truly believe that it is a sport. I mean, in terms of the conditioning and the, and the preparation that these athletes go through to prepare, you know, expanding their stomach, eating. You know, most people believe that they fast they, or they just, you know, they'll just, but it's a combination of fasting and eating special foods to expand their stomach. And it's, it's, it's truly the best eaters are the leanest and, you know, physically, you know, they look like athletes from Kobayashi, which, I'm sure we'll get into a little to, you know, we'll get into later and, and the reigning champion or the goat, Joey Chestnut, these, these people are, are in great condition. Yeah. And, and, and as well as not as well as the women, but the, the women competitors are, are, it's just amazing what they can do. And I, and I think just to add to that real quick, I agree. I think it is truly a sport and like most, if not every sport, the professionals make it look easy. So I think, you know, you watch on TV and you're like, oh, you know, you eat a bunch of hot dogs. Yeah, so so do I. Big deal. Mm. But when you look at, at what they do, and, you know, it's interesting. They, at, as a good example, so, for example, one year they had the, the we, we face just for fun entered a, a matzo ball eating contest uh, in midtown Manhattan. And these matzo balls were the size of softballs. And you see, you see these guys and uh, at these, I'm sorry, not just these guys, these people, women and men plowing through them. And I say this with all love face can eat just like the rest of us. And he struggled to finish one while the rest of these folks are. are, are. Well, if, if you know anything about matzo balls, uh, there are sinkers and there are floaters, uh, the floaters being the fluffy, the, the fluffy kind. These had the consistency of uh, a softball gum. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, 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 and uh, embarrassingly, uh, I think I hardly made it through two matzo balls within 10 minutes. And it was at that moment that I, I dreams of becoming a competitive eating uh, eater were completely shattered. And right. uh, yes, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a tough, well, no, no pun intended, a, a tough pill <laughs> or matzo ball to swallow. Yeah. They, and so that's what helped you gain all like more respect for the, for the people who you were. They make it look easy. Contest. They make it look easy. They make it look yeah. like it's not that big a deal. And it really, 
you know, they're a hot dog eating contest that we've brought friends to. And afterwards, they're like, I could do this. And they sit down when there are because there are always tons of hot dogs left over and they eat three. And they're like, oh, my God. And these people eat 60. So, you know, they do. They make it look easy. So the long answer to your short question is, yeah, I absolutely believe it's actually a competitive sport that takes, believe it or not, a lot of skill to, to be really, really good at. Do you think that the technical abilities of the competitors also amped up when they started airing it on ESPN? You know, like I feel like having it on a sports network and kind of like defining it as a sport in the public's eyes might make people who are competitors just more experimental with a lot of their techniques and stuff. Is that like, did you notice an increase in like their abilities after it became a sport on ESPN? Well, can I can I jump in on that yeah, one, yeah, Bob? Because yeah. I, I I I think that really to, to answer the question, yes, it definitely brought it to a, 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 a you know to to a much bigger level. But in terms of the the, the competition, I, a competition drives every athlete, I believe, and really what drove drove it to the next level was really the competition between Takeru Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. Because when, you know, from, you know, from 19, say 98 till Joey Chestnut came on the scene, there was no other competition. And it was really, you know, going back to hot dogs and 4th of July in America, this sport was just purely dominated by the Japanese. And, you know, the chance of USA, USA, once Joey Chestnut came on the scene, that that's really what brought it to the mainstream. And, you know, for somebody to be able to eat the record with the standing record of 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes when, you know, the former champion was only eating 46, it's just it just took it to a completely different level, like scoring 100 points in a basketball game. Right. So going back to, so you had touched upon this before, that like when you guys first started as judges, you told us a little bit about that, but it was more, it had more of a mom and pop feel to it. And then, and then what, I mean, how did the ESPN deal take place? Do you know much about that? When did it start? And then it took everything up to a whole nother level. Is that correct? Absolutely. I, I can speak to a part of that question. I don't know if Face even wants to quickly look up when ESPN okay. took over. But what I found that was when we were originally judging, you know, especially they, they, they were, you had, the, you had the, the big stars and then you had the majority who weren't. So you had the people who would win, who would win, who would eat 60 or 70 and something in that range. And then you had a, a bunch of no disrespect to anybody also Rens, who ate about 15 to 20 to 25. And what would happen is, is that they, we, we would judge them usually because they wanted. Yeah. Primarily, primarily based on the fact that the, us two brothers, we're not very good at counting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you went to public school but to be fair, yes. to be fair, we speak gooder than most. Ain't, ain't, ain't that the truth? And by the way, you'll add in a laugh track, right? You'll just, you'll help me out. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So 
course. But but then what happened was so that we so we would watch these people and they were interested in what they did. But if we got a couple wrong, if they had fifteen and if they ate fifteen and we said they ate seventeen or eighteen, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's all fine, it's all good. But when ESPN kicked in, and then shortly thereafter, if not at the same time, gambling kicked in. You know where it became legal to 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 benefit. Then there there came a level of seriousness about it, where if if you made a mistake on one hot dog, you could be talking about thousands of dollars that you're costing somebody. Um, so that that tone where before it was you know we were saying uh, it was like a garage band that was just playing for kicks, and now all of a sudden. We're on prime. They're playing, sta- they're playing stadiums. All of a sudden, we're playing stadiums in fr- in front of thousands, and th- this is no joke. That that was the that was the switch in terms. And of- I, I, remember, I remember thinking to myself one year that if I made a mistake, mm-hmm. yeah, this could be <laughs> yeah, this could this is not just a local story. This could be an international scandal um, because also. I think that in terms of the under over, they also take into consideration the total amount of hot dogs that were eaten by all the contestants, not just individual under overs. So, you know, a half, a half a hot dog would make a difference. But, and when we started out, like, you know, as my brother said, if you had a contestant that was, that would say, you know, you only have me at 14 hot dogs. I ate 15. We'd be like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. sure. 15. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. And, and that was probably in like, that was probably, I'd say in, in 1999. Did we start it in 19? And, and by the way, this is, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be the 20th year that ESPN is okay. now... Bria, so 2003, and I, I think, Rob, we did it from 1999 to 2008? Something that, like I mean, that. We, might, we, we yeah. may have missed a year or two in between. Something like that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I mean, we were going to ask you that, but then why did you leave? Were you forced to leave because ESPN was bringing in celebrity judges, or was it voluntary? Um. Well, it, Rob, you can. I don't know if you weren't good at counting. Uh, I, well, I was going to say, Rob. I don't know if you wanted to go into the whole point, uh, point or dog shaving. Yeah, uh, that uh, dog shaving. Yeah. Any. Uh, yeah. Well. Well. No. Well. Well. We left because it became honestly, it became so big that the the little guy and and I, I hold no resentment. I mean, we we did it for a long time and it was a lot of fun and it was much appreciated. But I think they were actually raffling off judgeships at that point. So it, it became part of the corporate process, you know, I think in a way of looking at it in terms of the difference. So, for example, of Woodstock in the 1960s, what was it, 69, versus Woodstock 2 brought to you by Pepsi. So I, so that was really the, the, the change and kind of how we got, yeah. how we got moved out. It just, yeah. it just, it yeah, went, it, it went really corporate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just got too yeah, corporate, also, huh? So everything, I'm sorry, uh, everything uh, was uh, a business yeah, model, and a, a lot of it was also that they, Nathan's being a franchise, they would bring in their biggest franchisees. It, it just made sense that you know if you owned twenty Nathan's 
franchises franchises in you know wherever so they were they were bringing in their biggest franchisees and um you know yeah it really it just it just became corporate yeah no no resentment though i mean it was great of us to be included for as long as we were uh it was super nice to have us do it for one year it was and every year after that it was just you know much appreciated nothing owed and you know look back on it fondly Okay, so, yes, so you were judges back when it was a mom-and-pop production. And so what did you do as a judge? Because typically I would think a judge is somebody who is like, wow, you ate that hot dog so well, (laughs) or something, instead of, like, just counting. Because a counting would be like a referee, right? Or, like, just a counter. What did you do as a judge? Well, again, it's kind of simple in the sense that they're given a, and I don't remember the exact number, but it doesn't really matter for the purpose of this answer. Someone brings out a plate, 20 hot dogs and puts it in front of the competitive eater. When I say hot dogs, I mean hot dogs and buns because you have to eat the whole thing. When that plate is empty, they had 20 hot dogs. So, you know, sometimes it was difficult to keep track because everybody, believe it or not, had different styles in how they would eat. I know that for me and the majority of the folks that I watched, and I'm glad that this is a video podcast so we can do it, they had to finish everything. And it didn't matter how they did it. All they had to do was just finish it. So what most did was, is they took the two hot dog, uh, the two actual hot dogs, eat it typewriter style. So they'd go, da, 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 da. and then they would, uh, they had a cup of fruit juice or water next to them, and they would take the buns dip it into the into the cup because you know the whole thing and then just slurp slash drink it down which one finished the buns finished it one finished the buns two finished it quickly and three helped help wash it down so um if, so in terms of how to count it 20 20 hot dogs at the beginning plate empty at the end means that you means that you ate 20 if if you if you took a hot dog and threw it behind you there's probably a pretty good chance we saw you do that but otherwise not that difficult how many contestants per judge one oh one on one okay yeah one on one which i think actually expanded as it got bigger there was i think there may have been two judges uh Sometimes it was a little haphazard in terms of organization. We never knew who we were going to get. And I just, just to take a step back, before the contest, we were sworn in. There was an official swearing-in ceremony where we had to raise our hand and say, I, state your name. And a lot of people said, I, state your name. State your name. Um, <laughs> we're, we're involved. Um, and, and, and again, going back to the... You know, the mom and pop days, I mean, you know, to be the judge again, yes, counting was definitely a prerequisite, but also being able to convince your family on the 4th of July weekend that you had to drive from wherever you were all the way into Brooklyn and disrupt whatever plans you had to do this ridiculous at the time thing. Uh, that was, you know, probably the, the, the hardest aspect. But in terms of cheating, um, it's very interesting. It's it's because they do dip. The, so the the rule is right. All you have to eat the entire hot dog and bun, 
And taking into consideration that they are dipping the buns into the water, I've always thought of, and and, and as it grew, I always thought that maybe they should have counted or looked closer into the cup of water or look at the scraps, if you will, on the table. But they never took that into consideration. It was always whatever was jammed into your mouth. But I never actually saw a forensic analysis of what was in the No pun intended. Or, so I guess technically (laughs) they could, but I don't think it ever came up. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, or or, as as the technical term under the International Federation of Competitive Eating or the IFOCE or Major League Eating, MLE, uh, throwing up is referred to as a reversal of fork. <laughs> oh, yes. You have ten minutes. You have ten minutes to hold down whatever you ate. Does that disqualify you, or just take points? Uh, but again, I've come. You know, in looking back, you know, in retrospect, they pretty much name the winner right there and then. I don't think I've ever seen an actual waiting period or like. In the PGA, when the golfer has to sign off the card and you see them meticulously going over their score before they sign off on it to hand it in, uh, yeah. Well, by the way, and just to to add to that ever so briefly, I can say that there were a few times face. I don't know if there's an actual technical term for it, but when we were uh, judging and you saw a few – uh, again, yeah, and then you would, of course, you'd be you'd be very close to the stage, and all of a sudden, gags. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> everybody back, and everybody backs <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, you exit the splash zone. But, but from what I remember, over the years, no, y- no you were the one that, that was that, making right? that face, <laughs> and you weren't even in the competition, Rob. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, was yeah. It? And then, uh, are there other ways to cheat? But I guess if that if that's the only way to cheat, then uh, then we could move on. But. Yeah. All I can all I can add on to that also then is again, you know, I feel like there's pre ESPN gambling and post ESPN gambling. Like Fake said, there were times where when we went, we didn't know what eater we were going to get, and I got to be honest, I was really nervous that I was going to get one of the top guys. I really, really was. I face, I don't think we ever even discussed that, but I, when they gave me like, you know, one of the people that are expected to eat 12 or 14, I was. Yeah, no, the, 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 pressure, the, the pressure, the pressure became real. The pressure, the pressure was real. The pressure was real. I mean, there were, again, there were thousands of people behind you. I mean, pretend you go to Yankee Stadium. I'm sorry, Shea Stadium, the city field. And you turn around and you see thousands of people. That's what it was when you would just, you know, you would look at these judges, but then you would turn around and take a look. And there were TV cameras and there were reporters from all over the world. And it just, it it really, I'm, I'm, I got a little bit nervous after that. It really was a little, a little nerve wracking. I, I, 
I would also like to think that there's somewhat of an honor system being the 4th of July, being hot dogs, being Coney Island, Brooklyn, and the, and you know, having all those cameras on you as well is somewhat of a deterrent. To, to yeah, like could they do an instant replay? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would think so. Right, or or yeah, or maybe there would be a magician that was palming, you know, hot dogs, or uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what's the relationship? So when I watched on ESPN, so you, I can see those judges with the referee shirts on in front of the stage behind each contestant is a girl with a sign and she's flipping the numbers as they go. Are you connected with them or do you guys ever get out of sync? How does that work? No. And I think face, keep me honest, but I think that was only with, again, like the top three. Oh, it's um, not everybody. Top, no, I think it's just uh, the ones that people are really, there <laughs> to, to see. you know, no disrespect to anybody that's on that stage, yeah. but you know, you you know who's going to hit the home runs, and you know who's the yeah. you know the slappy singles hitters at best, right? And 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 and, and uh, you know, I, I think the I think the people on stage were you know more for the showmanship yep. because the, the the people who run it, who you know, we have the relationship. They're they're fan. I mean, they're fantastic. And I, I had mentioned that you know the, the the main person that runs it is. is really like a latter day PT Barnum. So it's a lot of it is just about the spectacle in general. And, and before what they, what they don't televise, they don't televise this, but before the main competition, they have a competition for children in which they have a neat hot dog eating contest. And the winner is the child that eats the hot dog in the most neat fashion in the most cleanliest fashion. So it's, um, so it's really, uh, it it really is a lot of America. I mean, besides the, besides the protesters, and I know I don't want to veer off, but so taking into consideration cheating, gambling, and protesters, last year, Joey Chestnut who, by the way, I think he had ligament damage to his, to, he had ligament damage and he actually competed on crutches. Somebody stormed the stage. A protester stormed the stage. Joey Chestnut put the protester, the person was protesting Nathan's pork uh, distributor and Joey Chestnut put the protester in a headlock in the middle of the competition and the yeah, and the and the, the two gambling companies at the time, which I think was DraftKings and I can't think of the other. I'm not promoting gambling or any competitions. They actually offered refunds to everybody that bet on the under over because of the protester interrupting the contest uh, because of you know their their uh, you know their their protest over meat. Which is very, which is very un-American. <laughs> so it hurt, it hurt, it hurt Joey's numbers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The time to do that. Um, yeah, I think, I think last year his under over, it, it was either 72 and a half or 74. It was 74 and a half and he only ate 63. Now keep in mind, he was injured and he uh, put a protester in a headlock, <laughs> which again lends itself to the beauty 
and pageantry and freakishness of you know the the, the Nathan's Fourth of July eating contest. Wow, wow. So then, who? So did he? So then, when when Joey Chestnut didn't eat as many hot dogs, I mean, did he still win, or did some? You know, I mean, he obviously really. Yeah, by by far. I mean, when I say he's the goat, there's just there's just nobody that can touch him, and it's not just in terms of eating hot dogs. Uh, he's he's he is the Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady wrapped into you know an eater. There, there. In my opinion, there will be there will be nobody <laughs> that can come close to what Joey Chestnut has done for the sport of competitive eating. Today, we burn bright. Today, we blind the earth with our desire. And while it is still ours, we will bend history to witness this moment, to witness this man. Consequence of carbon, the fleeting spray of life turned diamond by the sun, forever suspended in that instant, indifferent to the gods, for he does not envy their power, he will not plead their pardon, he will curse and spit and sneer and shout his name at the heavens. I am the shining ark of humanity. Yield to my dominion. And if we must compete for our place within existence, we submit as our champion, the champion of the world, of now and of always, of the air, of the fire, of the sea, of the land, of the free. Ladies and gentlemen, the Nathan's famous 4th of July champion of the world. Now, before Joey Chestnut, there was Takaru Kobayashi. Did I get that right? He was sort of the phenom. Takiru, yeah. So tell us a little bit about him and, and, and why did he get out of it and Joey took over? Uh, no, it actually, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a contractual issue because if you were signed as an eater, well, it's, it's, it's funny because it somewhat parallels the PGA and live oh, wow. in, in the sense that, yeah, in, in, in the sense that if, if you were signed to the IFOCE, you were pretty much locked into the circuit of what that organization allowed you to compete in, which I think was the wing bowl in Philadelphia and the, 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 the other competitive eating competitions. And then keep in mind that you, you had to be yeah, exclusive absolutely. in other words, you have yeah. to only work yeah. at their sanctioned and, events. You know, okay. in terms of compensation, there was really nothing, you know, going back to 1998 or 1999, what you won was the mustard yellow belt. I mean, since there, you know, there's, there's, there's real money in terms of sponsorship now, but, you know, Kobayashi was a hero in Japan 
and wanted to compete in other competitions and wasn't allowed to do so. And as a matter of fact, when they had this contract dispute, I forgot what year, but Kobayashi actually showed up at the competition in the audience, tried to storm the stage, and was subsequently arrested uh, by the New York, you know, the the, the New York Police Department. And, and, And yeah. Yeah, New so, York's finest. Well, the competition ended because, well, he actually, he slowed down. I think there was a point where he realized that there was no way he was just going to, he he just, he just wasn't competitive enough anymore to Joey Chestnut. Like, you know, like nobody has been able to. Then let me, let me include a quick story about how, cause face and I were actually talking about this offline, but when I, and thankfully it's been a little while, but when I was looking for a job, and I would submit my resume. You know, you have your experience, blah, 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 blah. Then you have that last paragraph where you put, you know, interests, hobbies. I put Nathan's hot dog eating contest judge on my resume. I am not exaggerating that every single interview, any, every single person wanted to ask or talk about or discuss that experience being in a hot dog. I mean, I, I, I could have put, I was the head of, I was the head of brain surgery at, <laughs> at Sloan Kettering. And they would, and they would have said to me, eh, you're a judge. You're a Nathan's judge. <laughs> Let's make him an SVP. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was, and that was actually after that first couple of times, I made it a point to even, I'd had it uh, down further on the list. I put it higher up on my list of, of hobbies and interests and made it more prominent because people wanted to have conversations about it. That was that was unbelievable. You're a sales guy. So, yeah, that, that ties into it. And I remember the blowback from when we stopped doing it. No, no, no. I remember the blowback from we, when, when, when we stopped doing it. People were so disappointed. They're like, what do you mean you're not doing this anymore? It was like, it was such a letdown to our friends who yeah. like every year were like, you know, right. you know, call me from it or, you know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good reminder, actually, because I think at one point we, we were kind of like, you know what, been there, done that. It's awesome. But right. we've done this for 10 years and whatnot. And face is right. I forgot about that. People would say, what are you kidding me? What, you know, how Mm -hmm. you can't not do this anymore. (laughs) And we're like, oh, Oh, all right. Maybe we, we (laughs) can't. So do you still watch it every year? Like on the 4th of July, do you still tune into ESPN and, and watch it? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I do. You don't, you don't. Oh, I do every year. And actually it's wherever I am usually. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll, if I'm at a barbecue, I'll go inside because a lot of people still know that, that I did it. So they'll be like, whoever I'm at with the barbecue will be like, you know, come on, let's go. We, we have to. And, and what was, what was interesting is I, 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 I'm not, I, I don't belong to any online betting things every once in a while. I'll bet like the Kentucky Derby or something. But I remember last year at a barbecue, somebody said to me, they were like, you know, what do you think about the under over in terms of gambling? And I was like, well, what's the under over? And they were like 76. And that year in particular, it was last year, it was 
besides the fact of the protester, but it was, it was a really hot and humid day. And I'm like, well, I just know from experience that if it's really hot and humid, it kind of slows down the eaters. And they, I was like, there's no way he's going to do it. And that person was just like, after the fact, he was just like, oh my God, like Jason had a lock. Like he knew, like the, like I, I, I don't have any insight into anything really when it comes to sports betting. Like I, if I bet horses, I'll just bet the numbers or the name of the horse. But <laughs> I realized after the fact that I, I guess I do. And something to look for this year that I can't remember the last time that it ever, I can't remember the last time it rained. I, I can't either. During it's always a bright, sunny day. So, you know, the sun always shines in Brooklyn, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it should be interesting if it rains because you would think that the hot dogs and buns yeah. would get soggy. Or it, it would be. They'll probably put an awning. They got to put an awning over that. It should be interesting to see. You have to. Yeah, no, yeah. So, are there any, like, were you guys, when you were judges, were there any big scandals that were associated with the contest that you have any knowledge of that you can, that, where the, uh, um, the expiration has run out? Uh, I think face touched on that with uh, the protest and Kobayashi. And I think those were. Yeah. And then, well, right. I, you know, it was funny because after, well, not, no, but I remember after September 11th, seeing a really, really heavy police presence on all of the roofs. Oh, on all the yeah. rooftops. And I, I'm not going to yeah. guess in terms if there were, you know, sharpshooters or anything like that. But I remember looking around and because, you know, after this is it could present itself as a, as a pretty high profile target. Yeah. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the symbolism of America on, you know, on its biggest day of independence on the national stage where everybody is looking with yeah, hundreds that's, that's another good with with hundreds yeah that's a, that's a good reminder i forgot yeah, with about hundreds that. Yeah. of media cameras from all yeah. over the world uh yeah you know, the, the 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 you know the uh, yeah it was it's it's, a tr it's truly an international event uh and then there was one year where i think where they had the william the refrigerator perry who was a big deal from the the chicago bears he entered the competition, but I think he was expect him and his entourage. I think they were expecting much more of a red carpet treatment in terms of where he was on the stage and what he was expected. And he was, I think, he wound up eating like four hot dogs. What? Just like, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. Well, which which circles back to what we said though, where it's not no matter how big right. you are, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. I remember. Face was talking to one of the competitive eaters one of the years, and he there was a big tent where everybody would hang out, and Face saw him eating a whole bunch of hot dogs. So Face went over to me like, what, are you not competing? What are you doing? And he told him, which is fascinating when you think about it, he said, what happens is, is that I want to eat because when you eat, your stomach expands, and it makes it larger as opposed to when you don't eat and your stomach contracts and it's smaller and you can't eat as many hot dogs. I said, that that's fascinating. That's, that's really interesting in terms of, again, how they approach it. And again, I guess, touching on an earlier point of how there is a, a, a method to the madness and, and a scientific way to approach your game, quote unquote. 
How how long do they train for this Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest? Like, is, is it like months of training, and then do they have a little bit of like an off season? Well, face, keep me honest, but I think there's a lot of regional contests, so it's kind of like one of those things where, again, to use Major League Baseball as the example, and there's the playoffs where you have to earn your way to the you know to move along. So there's the Long Island regional hot dog and you do really well there and then you build a name for yourself and then you go to the Ben's kosher deli matzo ball contest and you work your way up. But as you're working your way up, you're also quote unquote training. It's like doing a bunch of marathons, you know, half marathons and mini marathons as you work your way up to the big New York City marathon. Yeah. According to Wikipedia there, um, that international organization you mentioned, Jason, they have 50 sanctioned events a year. So yeah. that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah. it is a lot. But I, but I think leading up, like you know, this this is this is the Super Bowl. Um, this is the Super Bowl. Okay, this is the Super Bowl. So I, I think. So you've got to qualify, right? It is like the Boston Marathon. You can't just walk in. You've got to well, at least run the Boston Marathon. You've got to qualify, right? Unless yeah, unless you're Rosie Ruiz and you take the subway halfway there. You, you, the, you, you're aware that the Rosie Ruiz, she won the uh, Boston Marathon one year. They have, you know, spotters along the way, and she disappeared for a long length of time. She took the subway, and she took the subway and won the – it's pretty unbelievable, Rosie Ruiz. And when they interviewed her, they – at the finish line, they were like, you know, can you tell us about your training and your intervals? And she's like – What's an interval? <laughs> and they're like, the cameraman's like, well, this is not oh really official. Uh, but, you know, we've never heard of you before. Um, you know, this we're going to have to get back to you on these results here. And it's really pretty awesome. Um, but um, but I think. Well, we'll have to cover that in a few, future episode. Is that how you did it, Ellie? Did you point it out? <laughs> no, that's, jeez, right around mile like 24, that's always when I'm like, yeah, shoot, should have hopped in an Uber, <laughs> taken a train or something. Uh, but no, that's a, yeah, we'll have to cover that scandal here at some point. Yeah. But I think the week leading up to it, they, 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 I know they drink a lot of milk. I know that they drink, uh, they eat a lot of oatmeal. And I think the week before, I mean, just in terms of physical and the mental preparation, because they're, re- I mean, they're hyped up. This, I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's prime time. Yeah, it's prime time. It's, it's prime time. Prime time. Awesome. It's the Super Bowl. Is there anything else you guys think we missed that you want to mention? The women. Oh yeah, let's. Why don't you talk about the women, the top stars? So yeah, for a while you had uh, Sonia, the Black right. Widow, Thomas, who was the reigning champion. Who again, you know, speaking of physical characteristics, just you know, thin and athletic. And the the reigning champion, Miki Sudo. I mean, it's just you know, it's just amazing. I think I think her record is forty six hot dogs in buns in 10 minutes and just you know eating 76 hot dogs is hot dogs and buns it's i think it weighs 16 pounds or it's like the equivalent of like 46 cue balls in pool 
I mean, so just think about, you know, just the, the, the amount of food that's going in. But I mean, I, as a matter of fact, I think the, I think in terms of consumption of hot dogs, the women, Mickey, she's coming in second only to Joey Chestnut, which is really, you know, it's, it's really phenomenal. If you, I mean, it's just amazing. And what I always think about when they're done is just in terms of the blood pressure. When you think of the amount of salt that they have consumed in those, in those hot dogs, <laughs> you talk about like, you know, like the steam coming out of the top of the head. Oh my good Lord. Jeez. They need like a detox or something. Well, when the, when the contest is over and assuming nobody has lost it, do they evacuate their stomachs afterwards? I've seen some people go and have a couple of hot dogs after the, after the, cause I've seen some of the competitors. Wow. I really have. I've seen them eat. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> These people like to eat. They're really good at it. They're really, really good at it. Wow. I wonder if there's a measurement of how many hot dogs eaten as a percentage of your body mass. You know, does that have any, is that any calculation that people pay attention to? Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Joey Chestnut is, is over six feet. I mean, he is a bigger guy, but like you were talking about the girls. And then one year, Joey Chestnut's unbroken record, he was beat by this very petite man, Matt Stoney, who beat him. Right. Yeah, it was right. like 2015 or something like that. But, and it was like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, because the guy was like five foot four or something like that. It was yeah. like, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because, yeah, I, and now that you mention it, I, I think Chestnut at the time was going for his ninth consecutive victory. And I have to go and look back at that because I still find it remarkable that, that somebody yeah. beat him. That, yeah, and then right. what happened to Matt Stoney? Yeah. Did he ever come back? I mean, is he still there in the, or did, was that just a one one night stand for him? I, I don't know if that was during the steroid era. It, it might have, um, you know, I, I think he, he might have been the like the Jose Canseco, and that's why you don't hear of him. Uh, I, I'm 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 joking, and and you know it's, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. Ed, you're Ed, you're gonna hit the laugh track, right? You're gonna help him out. You got a laugh track. Or you can throw cricket, or you can throw crickets in there just as well. Or raspberries. <laughs> they can't all win. Okay, Ellie, do you got anything else? No, I was just going to say. Actually, my phone is at about five percent battery here, so if you lose me, that's why. Okay, so well, thank you very much, gentlemen. We really appreciate your time and sharing all of this uh, amazing history about the contest. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got Handsome Rob from the Upper East Side and Jason from Long Island, judges at Nathan's Famous! Woo! All right. Thanks, everyone. We hope you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platform and share it with all your friends. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a shameless over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. Also, we want to hear from you! You can reach us online at scandalsheetpod.com, Facebook, or Twitter, or just send us an email to contact at scandalsheetpod.com. 
See you next time on Scandal Sheet. Copyright 2023. Thad Helsley Media LLC. All rights reserved.